I did let Jeff know that since he wasn't going to be here, that he would probably be the butt of all of my jokes. Um, so that, that being the case, <laughs> had this prayer the other night, I mean this dream the other night, that um, I was going to heaven, and there were just miles and miles and miles of stairs. And um, I, people try to tell me all the time I'm no longer in shape, and I disagree with them because round is a shape, okay? So I'm still in shape. However... Um, I was kind of struggling getting up all these stairs, and then they, and I, I hear something behind me, and I look, and here comes Jeff just flying by me, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, Jeff, Jeff, what, whoa, what, what are you doing, buddy? He said, look, I didn't know if I was going to make it or not, so I ain't stopping until I get to the top, and he said, I tell you what, he said, I'm so confident, he said, why don't you hop on my back, and I'll carry you? I was like, well, that's fine, let's go, so... I hopped on his back. Sure enough, he didn't stop till we got to the pearly gates. We got there. Peter looked at me. He said, Keith, we've been expecting you. You can park your mule right over there and come on in. <laughs> I hope Jeff goes back and hears that. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for another day that you've given us to live. Father, so many times we take life for granted. Father, help us realize that each and every day that we have is a gift from you. And Father, what we do with that day is our gift back to you. Father, just now I ask that you would cleanse me of all of my sins so you'd have a clean vessel through whom you may speak. Father, we love you. Our desire is to become more like you. It's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. I have this mic. That's the only mic I have. So. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, like, like they mentioned, I work with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and um, I know that October is usually your, your missions month, but Jeff got a little bit of a head start because he had to be out of town. And uh, so he's like, hey, can, can we go ahead and get you here a little early? So I'm like, yeah, that'll work. That's fine. Um, so first and foremost, thank you. Um, for partnering with us at West uh, Metro FCA, which covers Carroll, Douglas, Harrelson, and Heard Counties. Um, we couldn't do this uh, ministry without you. Um, and we, we usually have three things that, that we say that we need people to do. We need you to pray, serve, and give, okay? Um, first, first and foremost, prayer. Uh, someone I used to go to church with said, prayer, it's the least and the most that we can do. Think about it. It's the least and the most we can do. You, you can pray wherever you're at. That's the least, right? But the most is you're taking our ministry before the God of, of all creation. And that's the most that prayer can do, right? Um, and let me tell you, prayer works. Uh, this past uh, year, right before school started or school was supposed to start, however you want to word it, um, we actually did prayer walks around all 39 of the campuses that we're currently serving on. And actually, we walked around a couple that we weren't serving on, but we're still praying for them. At this one school in Douglas County, um, as we were walking around it, we, we basically we would go up and we would let them know we were there. We don't want them looking on the cameras, seeing people walking around the school going, oh, my words, we got to call the cops, you know. So we let them know we were there. And um, the office manager at this one school said, wait a minute. She said, you have got to call our principal. We need you guys here. And so we, we end up making a phone call. 
And uh, the principal says, look, we want y'all here. I've already got a guy in the building that says he's going to be your, our, our, our FCA sponsor. And we, we want y'all here. Um, we've been able to already go and minister to that school. J just to give you an idea, um, they were trying to collect bottled water because they can't use the water fountains. And so I, I kind of threw out, well, what if we get water bottles for them instead of bottled water? Because you can then refill them for the kids. FCA, we decided, hey, we're going to provide 500 water bottles to this school. And we showed up with those the other day, and the office manager, she, she leaned over to me and she said, you don't know how long we have been praying for y'all to come here. And she said, this is an answer to our prayers. Um, I'm telling you, prayer works. Please, please, please pray for our ministry. Um, serve. How can you serve? We, we currently are on 39 campuses in those four county areas. But if you count up all of the elementary, middle school, and high school campuses, we're only on about half of them. Um, and the thing is, is there's only about five of us that are full-time. We can't get to all those schools. Um, but because one of the things that we want to do is we want to be able to serve every single sports team that wants us there. Now, what, what we call that is we, we call those character coaches because we go in and we get to share devotions with these young people. And um, we, we use scripture, obviously. Uh, but there are some parents out there, if you tell them you're doing a devotion with their kid, they may get a little defensive. But when you – here's the way I would disguise it with, like, one of our teams that I did a couple of years ago. This is what I – I use the fruit of the spirit, okay? Love, joy, peace, pain. What parent's going to get upset with you trying to instill that kind of character in their child? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> and so we have to kind of disguise ourselves. But then as we get in there and we start spending time with these young people, spending time with these coaches, they know why we're there. And they start opening up and asking us questions. I, let me tell you, <laughs> I was with a basketball team last year in the region tournament. I'm with them in the locker room. And as they're getting ready to go out to play for the region championship, one of the guys in the locker room from across the room says, hey, Coach Keith, we got a question for you. And I said, okay, what's that? Now, understand, <laughs> I played sports. I played basketball. My mind would be on the game that we're getting ready to play. And this guy looks at me. He says, Coach Keith, there are a few of us we, we want to know. Is baptism essential for salvation? I'm telling you, I was blown away <laughs> because, again, I'm even focused on the game, you know. But here these young people are because of the time that I've invested with them. that They want to ask me these questions about the Bible, even though they're getting ready to go play for the region championship. That's what was on their mind. Um, that's what happens when we get in and we start working with these teams. They start opening up. They start sharing. And we can share Jesus with them. Uh, another thing is we, we have huddles that, that meet at the schools when we can be there. Uh, in Douglas County, they're not they're not face-to-face -face yet. Actually, the middle school starts tomorrow face-to-face. -to -face. But in some of the schools, we can still go in and do what we call a, a, a morning huddle. This is where students from all over the school, doesn't matter, they can come in. We get to do a Devo with them. We get to share, share Jesus with them. We usually share a biscuit with them. We need adults that can come and just love on these kids help with crowd control, um, but all sorts of things like that. Um, someone once said, don't let what you can't do 
Keep you from doing what you can do. Don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can do. See, I've got a, a couple that support me. The wife is out of job right now. She's staying home with her, her senior from high school, helping her with virtual learning and stuff. And she keeps saying, give me stuff to do. So one thing that I've done is um, I, I've, I've enlisted churches. I've enlisted individuals because these middle schools in Douglas County, they go back face-to-face tomorrow. The high school can go back face-to-face next week. I've had individuals and churches write handwritten encouragement letters to every single one of the faculty and staff at the schools that I serve, over 500, um, a handwritten letter. So when they get there tomorrow morning at the middle school, they're going to have an encouragement letter letting them know that FCA loves them and that we're praying for them and we're, we're here to do whatever we can. And, and this one lady, she wrote some of those for me. Okay, she's just sitting at home. She said, hey, give me something to do. As a matter of fact, she's going to go out this week and start trying to drum up some gift cards and things like that that we can give to families that might be struggling, give to coaches that I'm telling you, like when their, their sport is in season, their wife feels like she's a single mom, okay? And so if we can give them a gift card to put in their hand and say, hey, take your wife out to dinner. Um, it's little things like that that really start adding up. Um, so don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can do. Uh, the other thing is, is give. Um, so, many, so many times people do not realize that we are local missionaries. Um, we have to raise every single bit of the money that pays our salary as well as all of the ministry that we do. And, and I'm telling you, um, God has been blowing me away lately, okay? Um, I've got my money raised for my salary, okay? But any of the other stuff that I do, I'm still trying to get that, okay? And God blows me away because they they can't use the water fountains. They can't use water cows. So for these sports teams, I've been going and buying bottled waters. I mean, I load down my truck and take them. Um, and I, I had just bought some one time, and then I turn around, and the very next day I'm I'm out with the softball team after a game, and I'm like, I just felt like God was saying, pay for these girls' dinner, you know. Um, and then the next day, the, in the dugouts at the softball field, one of them is right in the sun. And the coach has been saying, we really need fans in these things. And so I, I, those three things, okay, I, I went and I bought those fans, installed them. Those three things cost about $300, a little over 300 The very next day, I had a friend who texted and said, hey, I just sent you $300. I, I, I mean, he didn't know I had just spent $300 out of my own pocket. He didn't know that. Um, and then all of these schools that I serve, I went and I, I went to Sam's. I loaded down the truck. I bought snacks for every one of the faculty and staff. One of the schools was like, hey, can you come back and do this again next week so that we can actually provide snacks during our hour-and-a-half-long faculty meeting for each of the different grades. I did it, and it um, cost me about a 1000 bucks. And Jay, my boss, he sends me a screenshot where somebody had sent a check for $1,000. I mean, and, and there was another situation with these bottled water, the, the water bottles that we bought for the school. Jay paid for part of them. Our FCA org paid for part. I paid for part. Then I had a, a team that needed a meal before a game, and I said, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'll do it. 
It was about $1,000. Jay sends me another text, goes, dude, you are killing it. And it was a picture of another check for 1000 bucks. I can't explain it, <laughs> okay? I mean, that's God. God is the one that takes care of all those finances. We just have to be obedient. Um, and I'm telling you, it, it, it just keeps blowing me away at how we are allowed to go into these schools. The, in my opinion, the biggest mission field in the world. Um, we get to go into these public schools and, and share Jesus. Um, but the thing is, it, it's not always money that you can give. You have time that you can give. That goes back up to the top part of serving. Um, I've actually had people that gave land, and at the sale of the land, that's what actually catapulted me to become full-time. Um, so there are all sorts of ways, but we ask first and foremost that you pray, you serve, and, and you give. And I, I just want to share now some, some stories um, from, from my experience with FCA. Um, for those who don't know, I, I graduated from Atlanta Christian College, I then worked there for, well, I was employed there for over 13 years. Let's not get those two words confused. Employed and worked are two different things, okay? Um, but I was at Atlanta Christian College for 13 years. Then I left there and I worked at, at Woodland Christian Camp for over six years. And it, this ministry with FCA is so different. I almost feel like when I was at the college and at the camp, I was in what I, I want to call a Christian bubble. Because everyone that, I, I mean, I was in ministry. I was. But everyone that I was ministering to were, were church people, you know? And um, these young people that we're dealing with now, some of them have never stepped foot in a church. Um, Jeff Hughes, who you guys also support out in, in Carroll County, he shared with us at staff meeting last week that when he was with a softball team recently, he shared with them the story of the prodigal son. And he said out of the 12 girls on the team, six had never even heard the story. Now, you can probably tell them David and Goliath, they've heard that one. That's a real popular. But six of the young ladies on that team had never even heard the story of the prodigal son. A couple of years ago when we were at football camp, got 1,200 young people there, okay? And one of the, they, they do these different challenges. They'll do like a dance challenge, a rap challenge, you know, a spelling bee and one of them was, who can say the most books of the Bible? And I'm sitting here going, oh, man, that's easy. I knew that in four years old, you know. And out of all these young people, the one that could tell us the most could only tell us about 25. And I'm telling you, they were in no particular order. <laughs> um, you know, I learned Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. No, he's just naming stuff, every, you know. We are dealing with biblically illiterate kids. We really are. Um, and then the thing, too, that gets me is that the real-life situations. You know, in my ministries before, about the worst family situations I heard about was a divorce in the family. But these young people, I still remember one of the first times we had young people over to our house and we're going around talking about and trying to figure out their home life. And one of the young men says, you know, I live with my mom, my little brother. I don't know my dad. He goes, I said, whoa, whoa wait a minute. I said, There's a, you said you don't know your dad. I said, I understand he might not be in your life, but you said you don't know your dad. He said, yeah, I don't have a clue who he is. 
broke my heart. And the thing is, he's not the only one. There's so many of these kids that we're dealing with, they have no clue who their dad is. We got a kid on the football team right now. When he was extremely young, he watched his dad kill his mom and then turn the gun on himself. He was so young, he didn't even know what 911 was and had to stay in that house with his parents both being dead until another family member realized they're not answering their phone, there's something going on. We got Justin, who's on our football team right now. His parents went through a divorce over the summer, and his dad's out of state. His mom gets remarried and is getting ready to move to a different house. The dad says, "Uh uh-uh, Justin ain't moving to that house with you. I have to sign off on it according to the divorce decree. Justin had to stay in the house for two months during this whole pandemic by himself. 17-year-old kid, because his dad wouldn't let him go live with his mom and new, new husband. But we also have some, some success stories. DJ. DJ's mom was diagnosed with a terminal illness when he was about eight years old. She ended up passing away. His dad wasn't in his life because his dad was always in prison. Um, DJ went to live with his sister and brother-in-law. And DJ is one of these who just rose above his situation. Um, when, when he got ready to graduate, he said that one of his goals is to be the president of the United States. Now, personally, I don't want anything to do with that position. <laughs> but I would not be surprised by what DJ achieves that. DJ is getting ready to graduate from an Ivy League school. <laughs> um, we've got some success stories like DJ. Um, I, I could tell you story after story after story. Um, But so many of these young people, they're just caught in this rut and they can't get out. Um, Some of them, if they go to college, will be the first in their families to ever go to school. I had a young man come last year. We were talking, um, in addition to our devotions that we would do on Thursday, um, we were on Mondays talking about life after football because so many of these young people hadn't even, haven't even thought about that. And one of the young men I had come, he asked a question. He said, um, how many of y'all want to go to college? They all raised their hand. He said, right, wait a minute. How many of you want to go to college if you can't play football? About half the hands went down. And he said, well, let, let me get real. How many of you want to go to college if you have to pay for it? There were about five hands out of 100 that were raised. The problem is these kids, they don't go away. They don't get them an education. They're going to continue down the path that their family has been down and that they have been following. We were sitting in a staff meeting a, a few months back, and I get a text from the guy who was the manager of the football team two years ago. Now, it wasn't wasn't odd for me to get this text because I still stay in touch with these guys even after they graduate. What was odd was the content of his text. He said, Coach Keith, I I got in some trouble a little while back. He said, I got to do some community service in this thing called Celebrate Recovery, and you're the only person I could think of that could help me. I mean, it broke my heart. 
He has no one else that he feels like he could turn to. And if I had not spent the time investing in him when he was in school, he'd probably be in jail right now um, because he didn't know how to go about accomplishing those tasks. Um, I got a video I want you to see. Um, I got to give you a little backstory um, because Isaiah was at Lithia Springs High School and he transferred over to Douglas County High School. Um, Jay and I just assumed that he had transferred to Douglas County because we had a much better football team. And he had transferred in January. I started pouring into him. And in April, at, a, um, at the end of one of our spring practices, he's like, uh, hey, coach, can, can you pray for me? I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And he said, well, you probably don't know why I transferred over here. And I'm thinking, well, I thought I did, so I guess I don't. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, so, so what's up? And he said, well, we got done with a football practice over at Lithia. And I walk out, and I see somebody beating up my little brother. And he said, I went over there, and I handled, handled the situation. He said, I ended up putting the boy in the hospital. And he said, I was no longer allowed to go to Lithia Springs. He said, I still have legal charges pending, and I may wind up in prison. And uh, blew me away because this guy was like a gentle giant, um, just easygoing. Uh, we had already talked with him, and he'll mention this on this video, about going to leadership camp, which um, we, is an FCA-run camp. And we had already talked to him about going to that. And I thought it was kind of weird. He's like, well, where is it? And I'm like, is it St. Simon's Island? And he goes, so that's in the state? And I'm like, yeah, well, then it started making sense because he couldn't leave the state. Um, but I want you to watch this video, and um, we'll just watch it, and then I'll come back. On a weekly basis, uh, our West Metro FCA, we touch about 4,000 students, coaches, and athletes every single week that we get to take the gospel to where they're at. Uh, and what I believe the largest mission field in the world is our public school system. My name is Isaiah. I'm 18 years old, and I'm a student at Douglas County High School. And so we do that through team huddles, through multi-sport huddles, which meets on the campus, who's open to anybody. Just, just like this morning at Douglas County High School, we had 230 uh, students that come in before school. Uh, we, we feed them with a, a biscuit physically, uh, but more importantly, our goal is to feed them spiritually. A lot was going on in my family. Had a lot of legal, illegal problems going on, like with the law and everything like that. And it really, it really didn't start progressing until I took the leap of faith of giving my life to God at the leadership camp at, in St. Simon's Islands. We are going into the U.S.'s biggest mission field, the public high school, middle school. Um, we, the, the door is wide open for us. I'm just thankful that I have somebody like Coach Keith. I, I see him as a father figure now because I never really had my father there. But I see him as a father figure because he's always there for me. Anytime I need him, I can call him or text him and everything. I just, I'm thankful for somebody like that. And I'm glad that I made a decision to give my life to Christ. Thing is, is when you go in and you just start showing up, showing these young people that you care. You, you've heard the saying, I'm sure, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, you just keep showing up and loving on these young people, they're going to start opening up to you. We believe the impact is made through a ministry of presence. It started with Jay 
And then it came to Coach Keith, but Jay also came over here to me, and he also kept in contact with me, talking to me and stuff like that. And, and you think that you're doing something for them, but you really get the bigger blessing out of it. Oh, so I, I went out there, I had lots of fun, and it was that one particular night, Pastor Joby, he was talking to us, and he, uh, he told everyone to close their eyes and asked if anybody wanted to give their life to Christ. So as soon as he asked that, I just jetted to the front. I jetted to the front. I feel like I was the first person up there because I felt it was so right. And then once I gave my life to God and we prayed and everything and I went back to my dorm, it was like an instant happiness I felt. I felt like I was just forever happy, like nothing could break me down. At the end of the day, our vision for FCA is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And that's what we're trying to do every single day as we go into the public school campus is to see Jesus transform lives. And uh, I, I have the privilege and honor to kind of shepherd that in this area and uh, love every minute of it. So stories like Isaiah, why I do what I do. Um, but it's not all fun and games because about three weeks ago on a Thursday morning at 2.30, I got a call from Isaiah's mom. Um, he was out in Kansas at, at school, and he told her don't tell anybody, but she got to the point. She said, I got to call somebody, so I called you, Coach Keith. He had uh, contracted COVID, and his heart and his kidneys were messing up big time. They were going to have to fly him. Uh, five hours away, it would have been a five-hour drive, but they had to fly him to another medical center that could take care of him. Um, you don't usually get phone calls at 2.30 in the morning that are good, do you? <laughs> Luckily for Isaiah, he had a couple of tra plasma transfusions. He, he's doing great. I was hoping to have him here this morning, okay? But he's still having issues. Uh, he's back home. He's having to wear a life vest um, in case his heart messes up. He's still got some, some stuff going on in his feet. Um, so we're, we're still praying for Isaiah, you know. But, it, but it's people like Isaiah, it's why we do what we do. He, he didn't know Jesus, and we were able to lead him to a relationship with him. Galatians 6, 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I'm telling you, I was working with FCA for three years before I saw the first harvest. And, and I did. I challenged God. I said, I got to see something. <laughs> um, we, we were at football camp. We had taken 50 football players, and I, I was like Gideon throwing out the fleece. And I said, God, I got to have one decision to know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. One decision. I don't care if it's a recommitment. I got to have one decision. And out of those 50 football players, we had 12 first-time decisions. I was like, okay, God, I hear you. <laughs> I got you. I'm doing what you want me to do. Um, do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much um, for Jesus. Because, Father, without Jesus, there's not a single one of us in this room that would have the, the hope of eternal salvation. Father, thank you for, for FCA. Father, for allowing us to go into these schools, to go in on these teams, Father, and to pour your love into them 
And, Father, to be able to lead them to a saving relationship with you. Father, we love you. We want to become more like you. And it's in your son's precious name we pray.